Welcome, welcome, mere mortals, one and all, to another book review. I hope you're feeling charitable today because we are speaking of the book Doing Good Better by William McCaskill. This book was published in 2015, so pretty recently, and it's an introduction to the effective altruism movement. So if you haven't heard of that movement before, it's essentially one where in back in the 2000s, early 2000s, William McCaskill and a couple other people, uh, notably Peter Singer, the Australian um, philosopher, and and uh, some others, I think it was the co-founder of Skype, decided, okay, uh, we should get a movement together because there's charity organizations out there, but we're not exactly sure what's the best way that you can actually give or or do the best in your life to make the world a better place. And he was sort of saying, hmm, you know what? There's not a lot of data around this. There's not a lot of good thinking that's going into how can I actually do the best in life to make the best thing for everyone. And uh, so this book sort of goes over the a little bit of the movement itself and I guess the theories behind it. So it's got two sections, the theory and the practice and putting it into practice. Um, and William is has got his chops as well because not only did he sort of help found this movement, but he's got a couple of other things going on. One is called 80,000 Hours and another is Giving What We Can. So both of these, I'm not sure if they're actual physical locations, organizations, but they both definitely have websites. 80,000 Hours is essentially a website to help determine what career profession you should go into and how you can do the best um, in that sort of sense, whether it's choosing a career that'll be on the front lines, doing good work, say in Africa or being a doctor or whatnot. Um, And giving what we can as well is sort of a a site ranking um, charitable organizations or organizations of, of charity and determining, okay, of them, which of them is the best. And so that gets us straight into the, the sections. So I'm not going to talk about the themes in this episode because the theme is, okay, how can you do the best in your life to make the world a better place? So I'll talk about the theory and then I'll talk about how you can put that into practice. So the theory sort of comes down to five key questions. And these are the the questions that you should ask of yourself if you're trying to give to an organization or what that organization is doing. So I'll just read them out now. So Key question number one, how many people benefit and by how much? Number two, how can you, um, is this the most effective thing you can do? Number three, is this area neglected? Number four, what would have happened otherwise? And number five, what are the chances of success and how good would success be? So these are basically a bunch of questions to ask yourself or ask a charity. Okay, is what you're doing actually effective? Is it actually good? How can we measure this? So one of the the key takeaways straight at the start of the book is good intentions don't necessarily equal good outcomes. I've talked about this a a bit before and if you reference back to my conversation with Sally Hetherington, you can learn a bit more about charities and organizations and and in that combo. But he starts off with a story of a thing called the play pump. Now, the play pump was a brilliant idea. Essentially, why have adults using their muscles and hard work and doing hard work to extract water from the ground um, from the wells using a hand pump when perhaps we could create some sort of device a a thing which would harness the the movement of children because they're playing all the time they're just running around doing things why can't we create a device 
that'll do that. So essentially this guy created a merry-go-round which would, when spun, draw up water from the ground and fill a tank so that these um, you know, people in, say, Africa wouldn't have to use these hand pumps to do it. They, the, the children would just naturally do it as part of their day-to-day. Brilliant idea, and it got a lot of lot of press. It got a lot of people, um, very important people, investing in. Uh, I think even he mentioned Bill Clinton was was up there. So this was a, a fantastic idea. And all right, let's put it into practice. But what they found was, okay, this actually has a lot of problems with it. Number one, it's not actually that fun because merry-go-rounds are fun because it just spins around with very little effort. But the kids were essentially having to kick the ground all the time to get this thing spinning. Uh, number two was it would break down quite often and the parts to fix it weren't readily available. So it would be actually quite hard to, to fix it. And this would then result in uh, the women having to, to try and push the, the thing around, which they found quite demeaning in comparison to just using the old hand pumps. And what they found was, okay, although this idea was amazing, and sounded so great when you actually try to put it into practice it didn't really work so that is essentially what william mccaskill is trying to to fix is um with this book which is okay i know you're trying to do good but let's do good better let's actually have some hard science and data behind it to actually do this so how can you actually decide what is good and who is doing good well, there's a thing called a quali, which is a quality adjusted life year. So it's essentially one quali means an extra year of life at 100% of health. So you could sort of see it human life as having, you know, a, a scale or a rating from zero to 100 of, you know, on this day, I'm feeling 100%, maybe in, I'm in my old age, I, I have Alzheimer's or I've, I've got arthritis and I can't do all these things I used to. So maybe my quality of life is closer to 70%, let's say. And then you can also have just additional time. So if I gave someone a pill and it added an extra three years to their life and those three years were at 100%, you could say, okay, this guy's got three qualities. So it's a way of measuring not only quality but quantity at the same time. Now, in this book, the, the theory, he also combats the beliefs like, uh, as an individual, I can't make a difference, uh, as well as bypassing, I guess, the moral quagmire, which naturally arises of, okay, but what is good? What is um, the best? What are these values? And he sort of bypasses that, which I think was the correct thing to do in this case, in the essence that there's an important argument to be had about what is good and where do our morals lie? But I think we can mostly all agree that mostly the best thing, the, that good is pretty easy. I want to reduce suffering in life. I want to reduce unnecessary suffering. Uh, if we can prolong uh, life, that's better, especially if it's for kids. You know, that's unfair if kids get their lives taken away when they're only five years old, 10 years old. Uh, if I can reduce pain caused through curable diseases, which we have the cure for, but we just don't have it in the right location. We should do that. So I think he did well to avoid, I guess, the unnecessary drama that is caught up with the argument of what actually is good. And he also makes some observations of why it's necessary to use data. So there's people who criticized him for um, doing comparisons of charities by saying, well, you know, you can't actually measure exactly 
how much good we're doing because we're doing all these other things and it's you, you can't quantify it in these ways. And while that is an, a counter-argument and it does have some validity, we, we do need to stick, I suppose, to, to the hard facts as well in, in essence that if you go down that route, you're, you're exposing more of the world to, I guess, the thinking where or the the ability for not so great actions to be put into place. So, for example, if this ability to to measure quantitatively um, how good the play pump would be before it was enacted on a large, wide scale, they could have realized, oh, wait, this actually isn't that great. So while I do understand the argument against it, I I would say a, a push towards more a rational scientific measurable way of of doing good is is probably a a um a good thing in in total which leads us on to the practice so okay we we now know we want to do good and we want to do it effectively how can we put that into practice so he's got a bunch of recommendations for that so the obvious one is i guess donating so when you're considering a charity what should you look at you should look at the cost effectiveness of the charity so for example, the overheads, how, how large are they? How much of your money is being lost in administration costs and, and then how much is actually getting to the front line and, and doing what it's meant to be doing? The evidence behind it. So a, a charity says, look, we've got all these great things, but there's no actual solid evidence by you know third-party studies measuring, okay, yeah, you know what, this this medicine they're giving actually is having an effect. That's awesome. And this medicine is useful and it's not just some bogus medicine. Uh, Another one would be the implementation. So, okay, we've got a cost-effective charity. We're running a tight ship here. That's really good. We've got a couple of studies showing this, this medicine that we've, uh, that we've got is, is actually useful. It, It will help maladies of, of people who are sick, but, they're not implementing it cor- uh, correctly because say there's corruption behind the scenes or when they try and get the actual medicine out to the people, the people don't want to take it because it makes it has some side effects that make them ill or they don't trust you know these random people coming in offering pills. So there's a bunch he's, there's a couple more, but he essentially nails down a couple of things. okay, you should be looking at these couple of things. These will give you the best idea of whether the charity you're thinking of supporting, is actually useful or not and he was saying you know just a, a a comparison a little thing here was people come up to you on the street and say hey can you give us some money to this charity where we're, we're doing this thing and you go okay I'll, I'll put some money in and you don't really think about it but imagine if some guy came up saying hey i've got this great company that you can invest in and if you just put some money in the box it'll it'll be great and we'll do all these things you go hell no what are you doing so he was sort of saying when when you think about investing in stocks and stuff, you actually invest with the aim of having real results because it comes back to you. Whereas with charity, you can sort of get lost in the essence that I'm doing good, here's my money, and then it goes away, disappears into the void, does nothing good, but you still get what you wanted, which was the good feeling. So he's saying, no, nah, none of that crap. We want, I want the good feeling and the good outcome as well. I want both. So... That's, uh, I guess, one of the ways he, he really emphasizes in the book as far as charities. Another one is a way of, of giving is, I suppose, voting with your dollar 
but not in a, in a direct sense like that. So this is more ethical consumerism, for example. And he was talking about how, okay, sweatshops, yeah, they, they're bad and they're not great because they're underpaying um, the, the workers. They're essentially slaves. They're working in these hot, cramped conditions. It's unhealthy, all these sort of things. And yes, that's true in comparison to jobs in the West. But if you start to look at some of the jobs that these people have available and the choices they have available, the sweatshop is actually much better because they're earning double what they could be if they were farming out on the land. They're earning double what they could be, you know, with all these sort of different things. So it's 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 not saying it's good, but these people are making a choice between two evils and they're going to choose the the, the lesser evil. And so it was essentially saying, you know, while you might think you're doing really good by not um, buying Nike products because they have sweatshops, you, the the amount of good you're doing is is probably actually not not super huge because that person, say Nike shuts down and they they bring all their jobs back to America or wherever it is, uh, that person is then have, going to have to go back to the worst work that they were doing. So you're not exactly helping in that sense. Another one is offsetting for green living, for example. So instead of, for example, saying, you know what, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to not use electricity. I'm going to save the planet by reducing my water usage. I'm going to save the planet by the small little steps that I can take in my day-to-day life. Yes, these will help very, very small in a very tiny amount, almost negligible amount. Whereas if you had targeted uh, a donation, for example, even if it's like $10, that would do so much more good because you're investing that in a company that's going out and planting more trees or you're investing in a company that is uh, making the water supply better or whatever it is. So he was essentially saying, yes, you can do these small things and yes, they will help but probably not as much as you think. And so if you had the option between, okay, I can take all these tiny little steps in my day-to-day life versus making a a small donation, the small donation is going to do much, much better. And so he's sort of arguing in that sense, like we we need to think about what we're doing as well, where we're expending our energy, maybe instead of expending the energy of going to every room, flicking off the light every time I leave, it would just be better if I worked an extra hour at my work and then spent that money and gave that money to a carbon offset, for example. Another one is uh, de- decreasing meat consumption. I've heard this before and uh, it, it made a bit of an impact on me in the sense that uh, you can reduce the amount of suffering to animals. You can reduce the factory farming impacts that's having on the world. And uh, it, it made enough of an impact on me that I have changed my my meat consumption slightly. I still eat meat, but I've, I've reduced it roughly around half compared to what I, I used to do, say, a year ago. And, you know, that that also has some impacts, even though, yeah, once again, the an individual can't make difference. Well, you can. Every decision you do make does have a difference. It's a very tiny one. It's minute. And, you know, this is where it's sort of paradoxical because I was just saying those differences you are making with the uh, turning off the light bulbs and whatnot in your house, 
you know, that's not that great, but it still does make a difference. So it's it's a bit of a tricky one because you, you're talking about trade-offs in a lot of examples and it's not just as simple as this doing this is better. It's sort of doing this is okay, but you could do this thing better, but it takes more time and it requires, you know, and this is how it can get into the complexities. The last one, uh, sorry, there's two more. Choosing a career versus earning to give. So this is the concept of 80,000 hours. Choosing a career on the front lines is great. You could go to Africa and volunteer. You could become a doctor. You could work for an NGO and, and be working on social issues. Or you could become a financial banker, which is more to your strengths, earn 200, 300,000 a year and give away 250 grand of that. That would probably do more good in the long run than you actually putting your, I guess, like direct work into it. So that was a, an interesting concept I hadn't really heard of before. And social activism for wide suffering. So this is against trying to solve things like poverty or the criminal justice reform and existential threats as well. So this would be things like climate change. Now, that, that's an interesting one as well. And he was saying, okay, using your energy in this way actually could be beneficial because even though it's a very big problem and the chances of you solving it is very small, the, the trade-off, if, if you do solve it, can be ginormous. So, uh, you know, affect billions of people. If you can add even just 10 minutes to billions of people's lives, you've probably done more good than anyone else in, in history almost. So... Uh, a lot of interesting ideas in this book for sure. My own personal observations, I found myself getting a bit bogged down on the moral issues and questions of effectiveness and data. And For example, he goes through all these things, but you still have to take some assumptions and make some assumptions such as, oh, yes, the climate change models are actually accurate and that in you know 100 years time, we're all going to be underwater and dead. Okay, I, you know, reading some other sources, I've sort of said, okay, this this is sort of a bit overblown and the predictions are so varied and wide that it's really hard to tell what is actually going to happen in 100 years. So there are, you know, this book, it, reading it, it sort of makes it out. It It has this feeling like its logic is foolproof that it has everything down pat and you can't argue with it, but there definitely are some some spots where you do as a person want to say, hey, no, that's not right. That that I there's a good argument against that. So, in summary, uh, I've found the the arguments quite solid, uh, but almost too rational in a sense. It it felt like it didn't take in acknowledge or take into consideration my own emotional weightings, and I guess that's the point of the book. It's to take the emotion out of charitable giving to do what is only right and what is the only the most effective but there's also something like almost a little inhuman about that it, it, it has a strange feeling to it i agree with it for the most part but just to the ultimate extent it takes it it did make me feel like mm, I, I'm, I'm being treated here as a robot not not as a human that being said though it's a very solid book so i'm giving it a six and a half out of ten doing good better by william mccaskill What's something pragmatic I'm taking from this? Well, I've started donating a small a small amount to um, to three charities that are actually listed in the book as being some of the best. And I did do a little bit of my own research, but the, I guess one of the points is 
you don't have to do all the research. We've done the research and you just have to trust us. And, you know, this is getting into weird stage of, oh, but this guy could just be taking me for my money. I don't actually know where my money's going, but you can make that same argument. And I have in the past for every charity you're giving to them and you have no idea what happens with it. You can't see the end results of it. So you're, you're having this trust issue. And so what this book did for me actually was sort of, it made me trust in, I guess, the process of, of giving out to, to someone. So yeah, I'm, I won't talk about, about it much and this will probably be the last time it comes up. I, at the moment, it would probably be about 2% of my annual income per year. So it's, it's only a small amount, but um, you know, a small amount can make a difference is essentially what, what this book is about as well. So I think this is a good book for those who might be teetering on the edge of, uh, you know, why, why should I give to charities? What, um, what's the best way of doing it? And is a good counter argument to people like myself who said, okay, I, I'm all good. I'm, I love giving, I'd, I'd love to help the world, but I don't trust what is going on in the process. I don't trust that you're actually using my money for good and then it's going to do good in the world. So I've, I found this book as a good, as a good way of, of convincing me that that argument is a little bit mm, not, not so solid. And also that you can, no matter how, no individual can't make a difference. Well, actually you can. It's, it's going to be a small difference and you're going to have to accept that, but you can. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed. Do you have, do you donate? Do you have any ideas of, of um, potentially why you wouldn't donate to charities or why this book has got it wrong? Uh, let me know in the comments. That'd be interesting. And that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Karen out.